Broadcasting from Singapore and broadcasting all around the world. You're listening to the Ignite EdTech Podcast with Craig Kemp, taking the pulse of educators from all over the globe and bringing what you need every week. When you need answers, you go to the experts. Created by an educator for educators and streaming to the world. Now, over to your host, Craig Kemp. Hello and welcome to episode 51 of the Ignite EdTech podcast. I'm your host, Craig Kemp, and I'm thrilled to have your support. Most of you know I continue to work with the incredibly talented Mark Quinn to improve the final audio quality of this podcast. He has his own podcast production studio that provides editing and mastering services to content creators. To connect with Mark, please see the details in the podcast notes below. And if you haven't followed his Make a Difference podcast, I highly encourage you to do so in your podcast channel of choice. Last week, I encouraged you to think about looking after yourself. Thank you for sharing as always. Check out our social streams for more. This week, I wanted to ask about design thinking and how you design learning experiences for your learners. In my time as a teacher and leader, I've worked through the development of thousands of learning experiences, but not nearly enough of those came from a design thinking background. When I think about design thinking, I look at IDEO and their work and description on what design thinking is. They say, design thinking is the confidence that everyone can be a part of creating a more desirable future and a process to take action when faced with a difficult challenge. That kind of optimism is well needed in education. With this in mind, what are you doing to encourage your students to create a more desirable future? How are you actively designing learning experiences where students can take action and solve problems? Please share with me via our Ignite EdTech social streams. I look forward to hearing from you soon. A tool that has positively impacted the authentic and purposeful use of technology into classrooms and meeting rooms that I have worked in is Fluberoo. Fluberoo is a free tool that helps you quickly grade multiple choice or fill in blank assignments. Fluberoo is more than just a grading tool. It also computes average assignment scores. It computes average scores per question and flags low scoring questions. It shows you a grade distribution graph. It gives you the option to email each student their grade and an answer key and it lets you send individualized feedback to each student. I have seen it used in so many schools with huge success and have been reading reviews from teachers for a long time. I couldn't recommend the tool highly enough. It was created by an educator for educators. I highly recommend you take a look at fluberoo.com. The link is in the description below. Last week, we talked about well-being and looking after yourself. If you're interested in learning more, Go back and listen to last week's episode. This week, I wanted to focus on design thinking, as mentioned previously, and I wanted to attempt to break down what design thinking is, who to go for for all your design thinking questions, and how to start implementing it in your classroom. Starting with IDEO's definition of design thinking, let's break it down. Design thinking is the confidence that everyone can be of creating a more desirable future and a process to take action when faced with a difficult challenge. When we hear the words design thinking, we often ignore it and think that it doesn't fit into our classroom. But after listening to Ignite EdTech consultant David Lee's work on design thinking and reading his book, Design Thinking in the Classroom, I've learned a lot about the practical integrations that are possible with this way of thinking. In his book, David Lee says, design thinking provides a structured scaffold and a set of mindsets. 
that allows students to effectively approach any type of problem or project with courage and confidence. The ability to create a beginning-to-end workflow when creating a learning experience for students that starts and ends with a solution in mind to solve small and big problems. Using a design thinking methodology allows us to create learning experiences that support problem solving in all aspects of the process. By allowing our students to think like a designer, we can actually help guide them through experiences and how to solve them, no matter what is thrown their way. Technology plays an important role in this too. It allows us to create, make and change learning experiences to be different than what was previously conceivable. And when we look at the SAMA model, that fits right at the top at the modification and redefinition phase. In a world of rapid change, education for our learners needs to change and adapt and support problem solving. The World Economic Forum's Future of Jobs report, Skills of 2025, highlight 50% of the top 10 skills our students will need to thrive will be problem solving based. One of the reasons for sharing this today was because I was thinking about empathy and how this is such a critical skill that is often missing in explicit teaching in our schools. Empathy is a core component of the design thinking process where designers gain a deep understanding of their end users and the problem they're trying to solve. I'd love to hear how you're exploring design thinking in your school. And if you want to learn more, check out David Lee's design thinking book in the podcast notes below. Please reach out with your ideas and thoughts. Every week, I bring you a short interview with some of my edu heroes, an engaging learning experience with someone who makes a difference in education every day, with a particular focus or angle towards educational technology. This week, I had the pleasure of chatting with Saba Kudwe and Fee Morrison. Let's have a listen to the chats. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Saba Kudwe, who you may know is at AskMizQ on Twitter. Saba is an educator who believes that cultures of innovation begin with a culture of empathy. She's the host of the Sprint to Success podcast series featuring stories that inspire action. Saba and I have been connected for many years online, and I'm constantly inspired by her positivity and ways of engagement. Saba, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Are you ready to talk about education and technology integration? Thank you so much, Craig. I absolutely am. Let's go. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your current role and what inspires you to do what you do? Yeah, so in my current role, I've shifted a little bit more to education research, and I have lately been looking at how schools are using design thinking to really challenge a lot of the traditional structures that exist. And I think one of the things that really inspires me to do what I do by way of especially this emphasis on design thinking is really reflecting on the things I wish I had had growing up. You know, it's kind of like, you know, I graduated right in 2007, sort of like as the world, like, rapidly changed overnight almost it seems and so just really thinking just that empathy lens for what students need today to help make them successful i absolutely love the way you described your role it sounds like something that you know the listeners are going to love to learn a little bit more about as well and and definitely inspire them to make some change and and jump on that bandwagon what's your best advice for educators when it comes to educational technology 
You know, it's so funny. I think when we start with educational technology, we always sort of like always gravitate towards the tool. I remember I did that as well. And I, I had a very specific experience that really made me realize it's where that quote that you shared initially came from, this idea that innovation begins with empathy. It begins by not with the tool, not with anything at all, but by thinking about the people that we're designing for and designing with. And so really leaning into, you know, what are people's fears? What are their motivations? What are the challenges, but also what are the opportunities and how do we create conversations and ability to design together is really sort of the advice that I lean in towards so that we can have successful integration of whatever it is that our initiative is leaning towards. And tell us a little bit about your doctoral experience too. Your doctoral experience is something you've referred to a few times. And I think it's something that I always get asked about in the international education scene is, you know, do I need a master's degree? Do I need a PhD? Um, what benefits do you get from it? Is it too much effort to go down that track to help progress your career? What's your, you know, mindset advice, suggestions for people uh, along those lines? I think it really, really comes down to your goals and things that interest you. I think it's, I mean, I had a phenomenal experience and I think there's a lot of different programs out there. So I think that research component is really important. I think it's really, really, really important to know why you want to go back and pursue something and then what you plan to do with it. Like, so what's your strategy in being able to do something like that, especially because it is definitely an investment. So you want to kind of think through all those different facets of like, okay, how am I going to leverage this? But also why am I going back there? Because without that, why I think the motivation to sustain in a program like that can be really, really, really challenging. Um, so I actually, one of the reasons or my driving why was one, I wanted to see what it was like to be a student again. And the second big one for me was travel. The program that I chose, we actually went to about four different continents and got to kind of um, experience and just learn more about how um, education was being sort of changed or just how people were thinking about education in different parts of the world. And speaking of the um, actual study, so the actual study was a, um, it, was, it, was, it was a story I had wanted to tell for a long time. And it was about a school in San Diego, California called Design 39. And I was really fascinated by the fact that they had been able to integrate design thinking practices, not just in a makerspace or sort of like at one grade level or in one pocket over here somewhere, but really across the school from rethinking their grading systems to rethinking teacher collaboration to rethinking the school schedule. That was a huge one. Um, I was really, really interested in telling that story and um, really um, extracting promising practices that other people could lean into as well. What's your favorite EdTech book or resource and why? Oh my God, that changes probably by the day, depending on when you ask. But if you're asking me right now, it is um, Adam Grant's uh, latest book, Think Again. I think again, as we think about, you know, what we want education to look like moving forward, especially after what we've all experienced during the pandemic, his book, I think, is a wonderful guide for how to begin having that conversation to unlearn so that we can relearn some new things. What is your go-to ed tech tool that the listeners need to try? Mural. 
absolutely Mural. It's a digital whiteboard. And I know there's a lot of other similar ones out there, but Mural's ability to really shift how we collaborate and really, I think, move us away from linear to more agile conversations has made it just one of my absolutely, it's one of my favorite tools. And is uh, Mural suitable for all age groups? It is actually. And I think they, um, I believe, don't quote me on this, but I believe they are actually free for K-12 education. Awesome. We'll make sure the link to that is in the notes below. Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram for your own learning and why? A hundred percent Twitter because of how the conversations um, emerge. I think just the Twitter chats. Um, Clubhouse isn't on here, but I'm really, really loving the Clubhouse and Twitter um, integration. Awesome. And tell me a little bit about Clubhouse. I've just connected in there. Uh, what do you love about it? And for those of people listening that don't know, just tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to have to go find you on there. But I think so Clubhouse is a um, it's a new social media app that's completely based on audio. So I think there's a lot of barriers that exist in other platforms that this one doesn't have because you can literally just come on and just either listen or you can speak. But I think the number one thing that Clubhouse is doing um, right now is really, really breaking the silos across industries. You can find yourself in a room with a political correspondent, with an entrepreneur, with an investor, with teachers, with, I mean, you name it, the, the diversity of where people are coming from and then what that the type of conversation that creates is something I think that no other platform has really been able to do. And so it really at a time where we're trying to rethink systems, it requires the lens of, you know, people from across all industries, different professions, different walks of life. And I think Clubhouse has really provided that medium for us to not only seek out those people to collaborate with, but also given us a place um, to come together and share um, ideas with those that, um, you know, are within our industries as well. And what is one daily habit or practice that helps you enjoy progress and succeed in your career? You know, Craig, I don't know if you've ever heard of the full focus planner. But ever since I started using is this planner, and one of the things that I love about it is it's got so many good routines and structures for how you think about planning and organizing your day. And I think sometimes, um, you know, I found this to be more so the case in the virtual space. We have so many things that we're doing that the day just escapes us. And starting my day with a full focus planner, I feel allows me to really take control of my day. So that has definitely been my one practice. That's very cool. We'll make sure that we put that link in as well. If you were to have any job in the world, what would it be and why? So I feel like, again, this would change. But like right now, you know what I really want to do is just be a clubhouse moderator. I have discovered this passion for just moderating. Like I love the idea of bringing people. Like I'm always like looking for people to bring together who come from like different industries to have a conversation around a topic. I love this idea of like listening to what people are saying and connecting the dots between things um, and just really like asking questions. And really it's an opportunity for me to learn. But I really just these days, would like to be a clubhouse moderator. <laughs> That's so cool. What is your favorite education focused quote? Yeah, so it's it's by, one by author William Gibson. Um, and he says, the future is here. It just isn't evenly distributed. And I think a lot of times when we talk about the future, we're always talking about it as if it's something that's going to come, like these things haven't arrived yet. And I think, you know, it just one look around us reminds us that there's a lot of people that are enjoying access to a lot of things. And it's just really more about how do we create more equity and more access to opportunities. What is the best way for the listeners to follow and connect with you, Saba? You've shared so many amazing ideas, resources, suggestions. 
I know they're going to want to connect and chat to you. What's the best way to do that? Yeah, you know, I feel like people like are all over the place on different platforms, but I say the easiest way is just my website, askmissq.com. And from there, you can kind of find me wherever you are. I'm everywhere. So wherever you are, you'll find me there. Awesome. And we'll make sure that the link to that is in the podcast notes for people to follow through. Saba, thank you so much for your time today. It's been absolutely inspiring. Thank you, Craig. Hey, I have the honor of speaking with Fee Morrison, who you may know is at Fee Morrison 2 on Twitter. Fee and I have been connected for many years, and I love her positivity and willingness to learn, grow, and share. Fee is based in Sydney, Australia, and has recently won the ICTE NSW Young Educator of the Year Award. Fee is a digital literacy coach and is the founder of STEM Ed Magazine. Fee, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Are you ready to talk about education and technology integration? I absolutely am. Thank you so much for having me on today. You're welcome. Let's go. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your current role and what inspires you to do what you do? Absolutely. So I'm currently a year one teacher in an independent school in Sydney. I've been in this role for the last two years. I've also recently become one of the digital literacy coaches at my school and that just involves uh, sort of one-to-one support with teachers um, for technology integration so discussing with teachers what tech tools they can use in their classrooms and how best to um, engage and enhance student learning through that Um, so that's a real passion of mine as well as STEM education as well. Yeah it sounds so exciting and you share so much of it online I love love seeing it one of the things that I saw recently uh, on your Twitter feed was that you were recently awarded the Young Educator of the Year Award in New South Wales. First of all, congratulations. Second of all, tell us a little bit more about this. Oh, thank you so much. So um, ICTE New South Wales is the New South Wales organisation for uh, technology teachers. Um, I was nominated by uh, one of our mutual friends, Brian Host, and one of the other board members. Um, And I think it's just to acknowledge some of the work I was doing last year for my colleagues at school um, around technology integration, particularly around COVID and remote learning, um, as well as, as as you mentioned before, I really try to um, share as much as possible on on Twitter. Um, I'm definitely new to a lot of these things. um, So I I just try to give back as much as possible. And with all the stuff that you're doing, I'm really impressed at how much you've achieved already, but what's the next big goal in your career? What do you want to do or achieve that you haven't been able to do so far? Um, I, I just really enjoy being in the classroom with the students um, and trying to do the best that I can for the students in my class. So this year, it's all about STEM education and integrated learning and inquiry learning. Um, As you mentioned at the start, I do have the STEM Ed magazine, which um, started in January of this year, and I'd love to continue to be able to grow that and build that. Um, I've also recently uh, been asked to be a presenter at a STEM conference in Melbourne later this year, um, which is really exciting for me and something that I'm really keen to pursue further in the future. So trying to um, travel around and encourage and support educators as much as possible, especially in STEM education, but just education more broadly as well. That's so exciting. And you mentioned STEM education a few times. Tell us a little bit about STEM Ed Magazine. Why did you start it and how can we get our hands on it? Oh, absolutely. So STEM Ed Magazine is a collaborative approach to professional learning. Uh, it started in January of this year. Uh, I sort of just put it out on Twitter as a hypothetical question 
to to the people that I'm connected with about whether they'd be interested in such a publication. And I was very overwhelmed by the response that lots of people were interested in in getting something such as this. And so it, it's putting together the voices of educators worldwide, um, practical stories of STEM education, research-based articles um, around recent research in STEM education. Um, and so in issue one, which we launched in February, we had 15 contributors from across the world share and we've got the next one launching this Saturday, the 10th of April, with even more contributors worldwide as well. Um, to get your hands on a copy, it's completely free. Uh, it's digital. Uh, you can go onto our Twitter account at STEMED Magazine or on our website as well, which is just STEMEDMagazine.com. That's brilliant. We'll make sure the links to those are in the podcast notes below as well. Time for some quick fire questions. It's the first thing that comes to your head and a little bit of a why as well. The first one is, what is your hashtag one word for 2021? Oh, I think my one word is courage. Courage to take uh, take on new challenges and new things. I love that. I love that word. It's a really powerful one. Second one, what's your favorite ed tech book or resource? Oh, I, I don't know if it counts as an ed tech. I've got a STEM book, which is Daily STEM by Chris Woods, which has tech things in there. Um, I'm also really keen to get my hands on Invent to Learn as well, which I've heard is amazing. That's cool. And yeah, we've had Chris on this podcast too, and he's fantastic to listen to. So I'm excited to hear that uh, that's one of your favorites. What's your go-to EdTech tool that the listeners need to try? I've got two. Uh, I love Seesaw uh, for students, especially as an educator of young learners. I love Seesaw um, to uh, enable students to demonstrate their learning no matter what level they're at. Um, and also Minecraft, I think, is an amazing tool for education, for STEM, um, for getting students to engage in a range of learning opportunities. Twitter, Facebook or Instagram for your own learning and why? Twitter. Um, it's, it's the one that I've found that I can connect most easily with educators worldwide. Um, I love the ease of being able to tag someone um, you know, any question I've got, I can just tag a few people and I get responses almost immediately. And I really enjoy participating in Twitter chats as well. I'm only new to Twitter since last year, but since then I've made like countless connections. Um, and I've always said it's the best professional learning you can ever have. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I feel that that's uh, the exact same thing for me. What is one daily habit or practice that helps you enjoy progress and succeed in your career? Oh, that's a tricky one. I think I would have to say Twitter again. I know that I've just said that, but I, I try to jump on Twitter sort of in the evening after my, my children have gone to bed. And I just find it really revitalizing and engaging. And um, it really just energizes me to see other like-minded educators and what they're doing in the classroom, especially if you've had a day where you're like, oh, that didn't go well, or um, something didn't quite go the way you wanted it to. Just being able to should chat with educators and say, oh, this didn't work. And, and they're just so supportive and encouraging. I always find that it brightens my day. I, I couldn't agree more. And I'll just jump on that a little bit because one of the things that I've always had from people is why would I get on Twitter? It's so negative. Uh, and I endorse what you've said. You know, it's been one of the greatest places for me professionally, the greatest place to connect and engage with like-minded people to also have challenges as well thrown my way. But I, I couldn't agree more that Twitter has become a place where I go to to learn. What's your favorite education focused quote? I do, I do like this one. So from Maya Angelou, 
do the best you can until you know better. Then when you know better, do better. I love that. That's a really cool one. Yeah, that sums things up very nicely. You know, Fee, you've shared so much with us uh, on this interview today that I know there's going to be a lot of people that want to get in touch with you and connect with you about, particularly about STEM, but also STEM Ed Magazine and everything else that you do. What's the best way for the listeners to follow and connect with you? Uh, well, definitely on Twitter. I'm on Twitter quite often and also on Instagram and Facebook. They've all got the same username, so that's really handy. So at STEM Ed magazine for all of those um, i'm also more than happy to have anyone email me and ask me questions or if anyone would like to contribute to the magazine and our email is hello at stemedmagazine.com we'll make sure that all of those links are in the podcast notes below fee thank you so much for your time today inspiring as always thank you craig for having me it was a pleasure next week join me for episode 52 of the ignite edtech podcast when i'm joined by philippa rathmel one of the things I love doing is giving away prizes as a thank you for tuning in, listening, and hopefully following the Ignite EdTech podcast. Last week, I gave away an hour of consultancy with Ignite EdTech. To win, you need to complete the form at bit.ly slash edtechwin. The winner has already been contacted directly by me, and it is Vriti Rahman. Congratulations, Vriti. This week, I'm giving away another hour of consulting time with an Ignite EdTech team member of your choice. To win this prize, you need to go to bit.ly slash edtechwin and complete the simple form. It'll take you less than a minute to do. The link is in the description below. Competition closes on Wednesday the 2nd of June and the winners will be contacted directly by me and announced on next Friday's podcast episode. Good luck. Thank you for being an extremely important part of the Ignite EdTech podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please smash that follow button and share it with your colleagues, friends, and families. Please also remember to spend two minutes to rate the podcast so we can reach even more educators and EdTech enthusiasts globally. Please share your favorite part of today's show by tagging me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And don't hesitate to ask me questions that I can answer in an upcoming episode. Remember, you have the chance to win as well. Check out the links in the description for more, and I'll see you again next week. If you liked today's episode, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss another episode. And be in the drawing to win prizes every week. If you know others that would enjoy the show, please hit that share button and brighten their day. Join us again next week for your weekly EdTech hit with at Mr. Kemp NZ. We'll see you again soon.